The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to talk from the inside of sports. It's time for G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and co-host Micah Warren. We'll talk to and about players, front office personnel, agents, and the newsmakers in and around sports. Now, here are your hosts, G. Cobb and Micah Warren. What's happening, everybody? Uh, this is G. Cobb in the House on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Micah Warren. And... Uh, Got some stuff to talk about this week. Uh, obviously, got a big Eagles Giants game coming up. Uh, that's probably the game of the week, I would assume. <clears throat> Although, looking back, the Browns upsetting the Steelers is probably the game of the week. We're going to get into that too. Uh, I'll definitely talk some NFL. Give us a shout eight 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 three four six nine one four four. You want to talk Eagles, Phillies, NFL, Iverson? All this. <laughs> From what I heard, the uh, Iverson second game back. Uh, not so much, not so much excitement. So, bringing back Iverson, I think, was a, a quick shot in the arm for one game, and now people just—the team's just bad. They're bad. They're bad. It's like uh, Mike Perry and I were saying last week. It's just you got a team full of athletes and a system that does not fit them. They're a bunch of misfits. Go get a top pick because that's where they're headed. But I want to talk Philly because um, we talked about this before. Obviously, as the trade deadline approached. And now, of course, it's it's back on because Roy Halladay does not – he wants out. He doesn't want to play with Toronto. Toronto's bad. They're mediocre, we'll say, at best. And he wants to be dealt before spring training. Now, the Blue Jays know, obviously, he's got one year left in his deal at $15.75 million. So right there, you're cutting out a, a large percentage of teams that just can't afford that. Um one of my problems I have with baseball, actually, uh, that really the only people that are going to be interested in are teams like you got the Phillies. Uh, the Yankees are still in play. Um, well, anyway, so the report was the Phillies are the front runners for Halliday. And you can check that out. I got that written up on gcob.com. Uh, so the, the Phillies are the front runners for Halliday. Second is the Angels, and then they say third is the Yankees. Whatever that means, because whatever. If somebody has puts the right package together, they're they're first. <laughs> they're the front runners because they got the best deal. But the Phillies are actually in a u- unique spot. Anyone that's followed the Phillies knows that it's very bizarre. You know, this team has become so good and in such good position. I mean, I was talking to a buddy of mine today about the Phillies. He said, "Well, yeah, you know, eight years before this." I'm like, eight years? This team stunk for a long time. If it wasn't for that little blip in 1993." Between, you know, they make the playoffs in 07, boy, 20-some-plus years of, of being a relatively bad team. You know, just bad. You know, this decade they've actually at least competed. You know, they got a couple players. But, but now this team is really in good position. And, <coughs> excuse me, the fact that they won the World Series in 2008 has generated so much interest in Philadelphia for that team uh, that they have a couple bucks now. Not that they were ever a small market team, even though 
was it Bill Giles that said that? <laughs> was it 10 years ago that we were a small market team? Yeah, and that's what Philly fans have been dealing with, that kind of stuff. Um, they're not a small market team, but they don't have their own television network like the Yankees do. They're not in the New York market like the Yankees and Mets. Uh, the Red Sox, obviously, and huge players as well. Anaheim's got some money, you know, L.A., but it's a small handful of teams. But the Phillies are in a unique position. So you look at a team like the Mets, why aren't they in the holiday discussion? Money aside, they don't have the prospects to get it done. It's actually kind of funny because with all the injuries they had last year, their high-level prospects were all exposed. The top of their farm system looks terrible. I mean, everybody they were bringing up was just absolute garbage. They don't. They don't have had the players. So, G, you with us? Yeah, I'm here. Hey, G, Cobb, how's it going? Good, good. So, yeah, I'm just talking a little Phillies. You know, this report that came out about the Phillies are the front runner for Halliday. And I was just talking how they're, they're in such a good position that they haven't been in for years, which is not only do they have a couple bucks in their pocket, you know, because of the success they've been having, uh, they've got the farm system to make a deal like this happen. When they traded for Lee, they gave up four decent prospects, you know, good players potentially. They didn't, they didn't raid the entire farm. And, I mean, gee, you've been in this town for a long time. Can you remember the last time the Phillies were in a position like this? Well, you know, um, what it does is, see, you know, it says something about, you know, the job that they've done. But, you know, the guy that, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, in Philly, um, uh, we, we beat up on people <laughs> and then we, then we don't change it when we realize that, you know, they did a pretty good job. And, you know, their former general manager, um, and his name escapes me right now, but... Ed Wade. Ed Wade. <clears throat> Come on. Look at the job Ed Wade did. Yeah. I mean, you know, you know, come on. Look at the job he did. I mean, obviously, he was doing something right. Yeah. And uh, they're sitting in, I mean, be sitting in this position, and, you know, they got things going in the right direction. And they went out, and they've got the people that are uh, right now winning it are Ed Wade's people. And uh, you look at how they, you know, they've got things on track to where, you know, they've got obviously got other quality players coming up. So uh, nobody says anything about Ed Wade. And, and you know, and, and unfortunately, you know, i, I got to say, you know, I'm a part of this because, you know, I work on the radio and stuff. But come on. Killed Ed Wade. Come on. We all killed Ryan Howard, all did. Jay Dudley. We all killed of it. I mean, you go on and on and on, all those guys. You know, Rollins, you know, all, come on. Those were all Ed Wade's guys. How many other general managers can put those kind of people on their resume? No, hey, look, Pat Gillick came in and really just put the sprinkles on top. Yeah, he put the sprinkles, and it was a good move, and he was able to, 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 to uh, do the stuff that needed to be done. But the main people, come on. It's just like Ray Rhodes, come on. How, how long Ray Rhodes people were helping the Eagles? I mean, yeah. And, and they were solid because you had Trotter, Trey Thomas, um, you know, uh, Brian Dawkins. <laughs> Vincent and Taylor were uh, Ray Rose yeah, guys. Yeah, all those guys were, were Ray Rose guys. Now, um, you know, maybe the guy is not able to do it, take it all the way, but, you know, somebody puts down the foundation, you got to give them some credit. And so, you know, we, uh, it just seems like it's just so uh, everybody's so hell-bent on, you know, uh, you know, taking shots at everybody and everything. I mean, you know. <laughs> Well, hey, that, take, you, know, you know, it takes time to look back on these things. And yeah, and I, you know, maybe he's a goofy-looking guy. And all, hey, look, 
But the guy did a good job, and, and because he wasn't trying to be Mr. Superstar, which some guys would say, I'm getting these people off my back. I'm bringing, I'm, I'm trading all these guys. I'm going to get a hold of, you know, and, 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 you know, and he was, and there were some times, come on, how many of those seasons he had to be tempted to get, come on, to trade these guys? Especially when your job's on the line, Jay. You're sitting yeah. on top of a team, as he was many times, you know, teetering. And, and then everybody killed him it, because look how close they were. Yeah. If, if they had another, uh, another uh, pitcher here or, uh, or, or, or another bat there, they would have made the playoffs, and that would have kind of got some people off his back. But he didn't, he didn't, fold, he didn't, uh, he didn't do that because he knew in the long run it, it was really not going to be in the best interest of the organization, you know. No, I mean, how many phone calls do you think over the years he got for Chase Utley? I mean, guys like that, you know people were calling saying, uh, hey, I got this pitcher here. He's, yeah. He's got an ERA between four and five, but if you give me that kid down in, on second, you know, you can have him. Yeah. And so, but that's kind of what we're talking about now, with, and this is what Ruben Amaro is facing. You know, what, what if uh, Ed Wade pulled the trigger for an Utley, for a Howard? Well, Rollins got rid of these well, guys. I, I think I think the situation is a little different now because you've got marquee guys that are in the prime of their career. Every year they're playing, the clock is ticking. Uh, I think you know, there's no question that you know, with the fact that the last two years they were in the in the World Series, you know, here, it's now. Sure. I mean, now is the time. I mean, uh, you know, it, it's a little different than the situation Ed Wade was in. Now, of course, you would like to to extend it as long as you can, but. You know, at the same time, you know, you're in a position to win a World Series. You, you got to, you know, really, you got to go ahead and go for it. True. And, and I agree with you, Sam. I didn't mean the exact same situation in terms of what Ed, I'm, I'm thinking in terms of you might be moving a guy that in four years, you know, MVP candidates, you know, a Michael Taylor or a Dom Brown. I mean, it's a ways off. But here's my concern. Now, I got no problem with, with you know, giving up some farm because they do have, they, got, they can. They're in position. They can give up some kids and still have their prospects. Yeah, and it makes sense to give up some of them because you know not all of them are going to are going to flourish. I mean, you know that chances are they're not. Sure, but you only have Halliday for a year, and what if he gets hurt or he he misses he misses significant time or he's not around for the playoffs? That does concern me because you're going to want to lock him up. He's only thirty-two. He's going to want a four- or five-year deal. When you start looking at the tab coming due for Howard, uh, for a guy like that, for Lee, you're starting to rack up some serious payroll real quick. I don't know if the Phillies can absorb that. They still aren't the Yankees in terms of, of their pockets. You know, the Yankees just, oh, we, Sebastian, $160 million, yeah, yeah. Oh, share it. Yeah, yeah, come well, on in. Come on I, in. And they just, it's unlimited. The Phillies do well, have no, I, I heard Jackson on, in fact, this afternoon up at um, – on the fan, and he was talking to uh, to Mike, and um, uh, you know they they are out and they're still looking. So, and they were talking about starting pitching, and they were talking about you know that it is expensive, but he says, you know, you're saying he wants to get more starting starting pitching, and he just said that you know there's not a lot out there, but the, the, what is out there is very expensive. Yes. Uh, yeah. You know, and so you know the stuff that's worth getting, and you know he's probably talking about holiday, so. And lackey. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's, it's definitely a coming to price tag, but, you know, that's my concern is that what do you Because you got to think if you get it, if, if they were able to land a Halliday, you got to re-sign him or Lee. You can't let them both go. Uh, but, that, boy, 
you want to talk about putting some separation between yourself and the rest of the division. You show up with Lee, Holiday, and Hamill as your one, two, three. You know, assuming Hamill can get back to some semblance of 2008, Blanton and Pedro are your four and your five? Because you gave up half to get Holiday? Yeah, that's, 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 uh, you know, that's very impressive. You, you know, if you could send those arms out there and you know that, um, you know, you're, you're going to sail through the division. Oh, uh, there's no doubt about it. So, Absolutely kill them. And, you know, the Mets, maybe the, 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 the Braves are a close second, but then you add in that lineup and the Phillies are talking to supposedly you're interested in John Smoltz uh, to help the back end of the bullpen. And, you know, they offered Chanho Park some money today. We'll see what happens with that. They're probably going to lose Scott Air. This, is, this will be a team top to bottom. I don't think – I think it actually is better than the Yankees. But, gee, when we come back, you know, we could talk some Eagles. Um, that's the Phillies for now. But we got Eagles-Giants this week, so – We'll be back on the other side of the break. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday at 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific Time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
You're joined up with G. Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free, 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to garycobb at aol.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G. Cobb in the house. What's happening, everybody? We're back here on G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. I'm Michael Warren along with G. Cobb, and it seems it's kind of a big game for the Eagles this week. Uh, I say it's as big as it's going to get for the Eagles this year, but you just see that big one in Dallas, last day of the, of the season. Excuse me. Um, so that's all steering toward this, but <clears throat> this is a big one. <clears throat> you have a chance to really put a hurting on the Giants. You get the season sweep if you're the Eagles. So now, you know, even if they tie you, that's like having an extra half game in hand. Uh, and this division's tight right now. It's like you go into the Meadowlands. Eagles, have, yeah, they won three in a row. They beat a pretty lousy Falcon team last week. They beat them bad. Uh, but no Matt Ryan, no Michael Turner, no Harvey Dahl at guard. You know, you, you can only play who, who, who's on your schedule. But, you know, they beat them pretty bad. They beat the Redskins, who, despite their record, are actually kind of a tough out, uh, especially when you talk about division games. So they beat the Bears. That's kind of a big game for them. You know, they, they weren't beating great teams, though, but they do have a winning streak going. Giants, they beat the Cowboys last week. Um they beat the Falcons with Matt Ryan a few weeks ago, but other than that, they had a five-game losing streak. Uh, gee, what's your take on the Giants right now? Because I think they're still a very dangerous team, but their defense is not. This is not Giants defense we're watching. I mean, do you, you, what do you, do you think you think they're, they're that good of a team right now? Do you think they pulled out of their little funk? Well, you know, I, I think the Giants are a team which, you know, you look at, I think that, you know, injuries have definitely hurt them. I mean, one of the things is OCU Manura, uh, one of the keys, uh, he's uh, uh, one of the keys to their defense. You know, he hasn't really come back from that knee injury, and it's understandable. He's, he, he does, I mean, he's a speed rusher. He's not a power guy. He's not a combination guy. He's a speed rusher, and he's not the same player without all of his speed back. So, you know, they don't have the type of pass rush they used to have because, really, they're secondary, even in the Super Bowl year. They, well, that secondary is not, you know, special secondary. It wasn't but, good. The defensive line was able to, you know, uh, cover for those guys. So uh, the quarterback never really had a lot of time to really look and, and pick them apart. But uh, th- that's one problem they've got. So you got O.C. Yermanura. You got a lot of problems with uh, injuries at the tackle position. They brought in more guys. It seems like they've had everybody injured in there. Uh, they haven't gotten into sync. I'm disappointed with the year Justin Tuck has had. Uh, yeah. I don't know how much how banged up he's been, but. You know, he's a guy that is a dominant player, and he was a dominant player for them last year, and he hasn't been dominant this year. So you take away their defensive line, and they're not the same football team. I'm, I'm, I'm not, not just they're not the same football team defensively. They're not the same football team. And then when you look offensively, their offensive line has not been dominant. And what we've gotten a chance to see is that, I mean, uh, you know, and, and this is where I get all the quarterback stuff. You know, Eli Manning, you know, which – you know, he, he, he wasn't a really Super Bowl MVP. You know, he's always he's got that to put on his resume. And it's, it's, I really have a problem with that because, you know, for, for, the, uh, for the, the sports writers to basically rob the Giants' defensive line of their standing because the Giants' defensive line, that, 
that, that went in there and, and, uh, and beat the New England Patriots should be up there with the, the great Pittsburgh Lions and the great Lions that have won other Super Bowls, defensive lines that were dominant. You know, I know the, the Cowboys had a year where Harvey Martin and Randy White won MVP. It should have been that type of year, but they just robbed those guys uh, those sports writers just basically robbed him and gave it to, to Eli Manning. And we see how good is Eli Manning. Yeah, when he's got a great running game, he's got a, a receiver out there that he can throw the ball to and he's six foot, I mean, he's seven foot tall. He's catching the ball over everybody. You know, got a great defense. Yeah, well, I, you know, I can lead them and, and be great then. But can I be great when I need to be great and the other people around me aren't great? <clears throat> well, obviously, he can't be that great. So, you know, it just clears some things away, and uh, the more I think about that, I really have a problem with both his MVP and his brothers, too. Neither one of them deserved it. And so, anyway, I said all that to say, you know, the, the Giants, without those dominant lines, they're not, they're not that good. <laughs> I, I think i got to agree with you, G. I mean, they, they can't stop the run either. I mean, that, they benched Omanura. I don't know if people... Yeah, know I, know, I know they benched him. You know, the thing is... Like I said, he's a speed guy, and he uses his quickness and speed. And you know, if you can if you can get to him, you can push him around. He's he's not a monster or anything, but he's he's a great athlete, and uh, and and that's what he utilizes to make plays. And so, you know, they're just not that good. I you know, I mean, I, I don't see any other way to say it. You know, if they're not, you know, if they don't have the dominant lines. See, you know, a dominant line, uh, you know, whether offense or defense, can cover up deficiencies like a running back oh man he really looks good yeah he's running big holes and he doesn't <laughs> confront anybody till he's five to ten yards downfield yeah of course he could be very good but can he get it done when he's not getting he's not getting that type of blocking you know right and, and the Giants have had a phenomenal offensive line too and you could say they do almost as much for that offense as yeah but they're, they're banged up now too see that they've had yeah. some injuries there too and they just haven't been as good as they were last year they're not as good and I got to give the Eagles some credit because basically they were the one that, that kind of pulled the uh, they pulled the, the coat off of uh, the Giants and everybody goes wait a minute the Giants maybe they're not as good as we thought they were so you know the Eagles have embarrassed them I mean uh, you know they beat them candidly those two times last year at the end of the year and then Earlier this year, that was a that was ugly. It got out of control real quick, and you know, especially another thing with Eli too is uh, I, I kind of have a problem with the fact that they're in the Meadowlands and that's where his home team is. He doesn't play particularly well at home late in the season. I mean, those winds, you know, you play there. I mean, the wind gets nasty. It swirls at the Meadowlands, and it seems like, and, and this was certainly the case last year in the playoffs. He's throwing paper airplanes out there, and the ball flutters, and, you know, that could be an issue, especially, you know, it's getting colder, it's getting windier. Uh, Donovan's got a rocket on, it, and you saw the contrast last year. Donovan was knifing right to the wind with his passes. Eli was fluttering, and that, that is an issue, especially for a guy, too. No one's talking about it because I give him credit. He's not making excuses. His foot hurts. He's got a sore foot, and when you can't play. I don't want to hear about his foot. You don't think that has anything to do with any of his uh, hey, trouble? I, I think it's what is hurt. But how many other guys are out there, if they're hurt, they don't get an alibi? Well, you know, his, you know he had his arm broke up. I mean, Donovan had been playing with ribs. Nobody said, well, you know, his ribs are still hurting him. No, nah, they, they don't want to hear that. So I don't want to hear it. He's out there. He's got to play. Make some plays. <laughs> All right, so he's out there 
with a bum foot, but it doesn't matter. That doesn't matter. I mean, you know, the bottom line, if, if he can't do the job, then get out. No, I agree. And, you, know, you know, I mean, it's, 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 it's as simple as that. And, and uh, the thing is with Eli is, as I said, um, I don't know what the real situation is with his foot. I mean, you know, we kind of know, but we don't know. But uh, like I said, how many other guys are out there nursing injuries? Like I saw, I, you know, I'm over there at Eagles practice. You know, I see guys, they're wrapped up, the, the guy's limping through there, and, hey, he goes, goes out and plays. Nobody want to hear, nobody cares. Nobody wants to hear all that, you know, the drama. <laughs> Make some plays. No, I hear you, and you know what? Because the Eagles are shredded up by injuries pretty good, too. Yeah, um, I mean, and, and they're guys that are playing hurt. I mean, they're guys that have been playing hurt. Because, uh, really, uh, I think about uh, Leonard Weaver, like, you know, he had a good game last week. He's not all the way healthy. You know, he's got an ankle that bothers him. You can see it bothers him sometimes. Their line has been reshuffled all year due to injuries. Yeah, I mean, you know, this is the NFL. Guys are, I tell you, guys are playing hurt all over the league. This is the NFL. you got to play hurt. I mean, you think Akeem Jordan's knee feels like it it normally does. You don't think they're still swelling on his knee. He's coming back out there. he got to play. That's the way it is in the NFL, you know. Uh, You know, if you're out there, you got to play. I mean, if he wants to take himself out, take himself out. Right, right, right. Well, you know what? And that's what I've always heard is that no matter what, you always come back too soon. No one's ever fully held. When they think Deshaun's coming back. Come on. You know, this is the, this is the way it is in the NFL. You know, you, you, you Sheldon and, you know, the guys, uh, you know, a lot of these media guys that love Sheldon. So, you know, oh, he's playing with a hamstring or whatever. Look, if his hamstring was really tore up, he wouldn't be. He wouldn't right. be. But obviously it's not a total uh, pull or anything. And so, and and then, like, a, you know, I mean, uh, I would go after him. Come on, why are you throwing short passes against him? If a guy got a bad hamstring, hey, you know where I'm going. Yeah, I want to see if you can run. I'm kind of surprised that more people didn't take shots at him. Well, it, it says something about, you know, some of the people that were playing. I mean, come on. How could you not? You're not doing your homework if you don't. You don't take a shot. At least you're looking, and, and, and you're going to say, well, okay, he, okay, he's, he's, he's all right. Then we, we got to leave him alone. He's okay. But you're going to find out right away. I mean, uh, as many times as, you know, the, the Bears went after him, they didn't go after him enough. No, they didn't. Guys got a bear hamstring. Come on. You know, I know uh, Jay, you know, uh, what, Cutler's throwing the ball all over the place. Well, I'm, hey, I'm going after the guy. And that's just good football. You should do your homework. You know if somebody's got an issue, you're going after him. I'm sorry, you know. We're going like, oh, that's you, that's so cruel. You're going after that guy. Yeah, we're going after him. Exactly. <laughs> and on the other side, you know what? And on the other side, and I'm surprised more people haven't do. You've seen it a couple times. The word is out on Asante. I mean, this is not a secret anymore. He loves to jump roots, and I can't for the life of me figure out how more people aren't running pump fakes over there, double moves. You've seen it a couple times. But I haven't seen anyone really, really go after him and just make him pay for that because he does it constantly. He does it constantly. Now, you've said this before. He breaks on the ball as well as anyone you've ever seen, and I, I'm not disagreeing with that. But there's a downside to that. And now you've got Sheldon out there. I'm surprised they haven't gone after him. And I'm really – are you shocked that more people haven't really gone after Asante with the double moves? Well, you know, it's something that, you know, just like uh, you come in, you do your scouting report, it's a, it's a gimme. Come on. You got, I mean, if you don't do it, you're really, you know, uh, you should be, you know, somehow fine for malpractice. No. Because, I, I mean, mean, really, come on. 
I agree, but maybe it's... I mean, you know, the thing about it is, you know, if anything, like who was that he picked the two passes off? Was that... Campbell. That was Campbell, yeah. How can you be... Have you done your... Why are you throwing the ball over there short? I, no, I mean, I agree. your eyeball is stuff. Get back to it in a second. We're going to take a break right now. This is G Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Join Patricia Raskin, the host of Positive Living on VoiceAmerica.com, Monday, 11 Pacific. This program brings you practical and inspiring principles for living a more authentic, engaging, and passionate life. Patricia's guests will give you a formula for connecting, giving, forgiving, and miraculous living. So tune in and call to Positive Living, Mondays at 11 Pacific time, right here on VoiceAmerica.com. Do you want to know what's really going on these days? Well, Capital Thinking takes you inside the worlds of policy, politics, law, and business. What happens in Washington, on Wall Street, and in our nation's legal system impacts your business every day. We're taking you on a behind-the-scenes tour of all of it. Each week, we bring you unfiltered conversation with a variety of influential policymakers, lawyers, and business leaders. I'm Kevin O'Neill, and I'm your host as Capital Thinking tours the halls of power. Join me for Capital Thinking on the Voice America Business Network each Thursday at noon Eastern and 9 a.m. Pacific Time. Discover the world's only speed training program that guarantees your athletes have their best season ever or your money back. No questions asked. Let's face it, the best athletes on any team in any sport are the fastest athletes. The team with the most speed is almost always going to be more successful. The fact that you're listening to this right now tells me that you know this is true and that your athletes are not as fast as you want them to be. But how do you make them faster? After all, like many coaches, maybe you were told that you can't teach speed, that an athlete is either born with it or they're not. Right? Wrong. Arguably the biggest myth in all of sports is that you can't teach speed or coach athletes to new levels of athletic success and performance. The level of success your athletes experience has little to do with running plays or specific ball skills. Instead, it depends entirely on your ability to teach them the one skill required to dominate every sport, speed. Put Latif Thomas and his team to work for you. Visit CompleteSpeedTraining.com or call toll-free 877-510-3278. That's 877-510-FAST. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house, featuring Gary Cobb and co-host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll-free. 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or send an email to GaryCobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back on G Cobb in the house. Uh, I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb. And, and G, I wanted to ask you about something. <clears throat> I'm not sure if you got a chance to see it last night. But I, what on earth has happened to the Pittsburgh Steelers? They, I, I, they lost five in a row. And what's more amazing is the Browns were in there. They lost to the Chiefs. They lost to the Raiders. Now, 
these were teams earlier in the season that, you know, we just couldn't believe how many teams were this bad, and they were part of that. Granted, they're playing a little better now. They are. You know, you get Greg Kowski in there. He's obviously an upgrade over Jamarcus Russell. They're not supposed to be beating the Steelers. I don't care who they got in there. They're not supposed to be beating the Steelers. Uh, you look, Palomaro's missing. Um, that, that hurts. But this offensive line is dreck. It's terrible. It's absolutely awful. And the Browns just destroyed them. They were up in Roethlisberger's face the whole time. Uh, do you think the Steelers are really this bad? Or they just hit a rough patch? Because I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter about the playoffs. I can't see them making the playoffs. Well, you know, they're not going to make the playoffs. But, um, you know, they, their offensive line was bad last year. Uh, they weren't just they weren't as bad, and uh, you know they're just not playing good football. And uh, I think again, you know, uh, you know that um, you got guys that you know they found a way to win last year. Uh, you know they um, were able to have some dominant uh, performances, and you know you got to give their defense probably more credit than anything else. I mean, if like I said, if you look at the the two championship games they played in, both the AFC championship game and the Super Bowl. They score a touchdown on defense. I mean, if they win a game, you know, 21, whatever, 24 or whatever, and they score on defense, I mean, that, that says something for, you know, uh, the fact that offensively they're really not as good as they're being made out to be. And uh, you can see that uh, their offense, <laughs> it's not as good as, as uh, it's made out to be. And I know, you know, they made the last drive and everything, and uh, you've got to give them a lot of credit for that because that was a winning drive. But, you know, the Steelers really offensively, they just weren't really not that, not that good. Um, their, their offensive line isn't that good. I mean, they used to have a great offensive line. They just they don't have that anymore. And so um, they don't dominate people. And so they do have some, some uh, playmakers outside, though. I mean, both with Heinz Ward and uh, <laughs> the other guy. What's, I'm, I'm thinking uh, name escapes me right now with that funny name he's got. Um, Santonio Holmes. Yeah, yeah, Santonio, exactly. Santonio Holmes, and uh, you know they're they're playmakers and stuff, but you know uh, you know Ben is not the most accurate quarterback. You know he he's not going to really uh, put up any numbers uh, from a standpoint of completion percentage or quarterback rating or anything. I mean, look at it. You know he's he'll be in the eighties. You know. <laughs> no, you're right. And I the average is in the eighties. You know, but but you know as a team they win a Super Bowl. That's why you know really bothers me with a lot of the things that the quote-unquote sports writers have drummed up uh, to talk about winning. Yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you give somebody a great defense, give them a great, great running game and some great playmakers outside, uh, you know, the, a lot of quarterbacks can win a championship. But uh, I agree, and you mentioned it before with Eli uh, and even his brother Peyton, uh, because in the Colts Super Bowl, it, it really, Dominic Rhodes, you could probably get it to. I mean, uh, come on, either Dominic Rose, uh, uh, what you call, Adai had a good game. Um, uh, or was it Adai? Uh, no, it wasn't Adai. It was Rhodes. It, it was Rhodes, uh, but, but uh, both of them, one of them was running the ball, the other one was catching it. Right. And, and both of them contributed a lot, you know, uh, the, the running backs. And, and then defensively, again, the defense scores. Come on. They put no, the I game know. away with that score. And you know, because... You know, uh, I mean, uh, Peyton couldn't get him in the end zone. They went in the red zone like five times. You know, they couldn't get in the end zone. Yeah, and, and what those guys and, do too is when they have a they, when they have a Super Bowl, they where eh, no one really stood out. Pittsburgh Steelers, same thing. Uh, we'll give it to Heinz Ward. I mean, I don't really know who else to give it to. They usually give it to the quarterback. 
But in the Giants, in the Giants Super Bowl, come on, somebody on defense has got to get it. You got a team like in the Patriots that coming in with an offense that nobody's even slowing down. I right. mean, they get to thirty and they're yawning, and they hold these guys in the biggest game of the season. They hold them to fourteen points, and 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 they're, and, they're, and, they're, and you got uh, you know Tuck gets two sacks, and uh, not only that. He's uh, he's uh, he's been involved with a lot of other plays. Look, remember at the end of the half, he caused the fumble. Yeah, well, I mean, I mean, those those were huge plays. Come on, that that was that game because if the Giants really were were doing something offensively, and understand this, New England's defense was nothing to write home about. Remember the way AJ Feely was picking them apart. Yeah, they weren't. Their defense was never that good. Their defense wasn't that good in the playoffs, but they had a great offense, and so their offense had, uh, you know, been unstoppable. So here you got, in what was a, a huge shocker, you got the Giants' defense dominates them, and they won't give the MVP trophy to either one of those guys when that was, an histo- that was an historic, that was a historic performance by their defense, especially their defensive line. But anyway, um, just getting back. But it, it's things like that, really, I, I don't like about sports. And I don't like when these sports writers start doing stuff like that because they just decide they're going to change the rules, really. Well, you know, that's basically what they're Donovan, doing. Uh, Donovan never won a Super Bowl. He can't win a Super Bowl. Well, first of all, that, that's ridiculous to say. Uh, and it kind of goes back to even they say the same thing about Andy Reid, who just got the contract extension this week. I'm fine with it because it's not – all you can ask is that you put yourself in a position. A lot of things have to happen to win a championship. For the Giants, like we were just talking about, Asante Samuel has to drop that interception. If he drops right. that, if he catches that ball, there is no David Tyree play. That's right. There is no Eli Manning royalty. Yeah, and, and, and think about it. They here you who, who you're not playing. You're not playing against that good of a defense, and oh, you were lucky to score 17 points. Now, is that a great performance? No, no. no you you, you weren't playing against. Now, if they were playing against a great defense, okay, all right. Okay, all right. But they weren't even playing against a, that defense had been shredded all season long, and their offense had always bailed them out. Right, because the, the best part of that defense that year was, hey, we're up by 40 points. Guess what? I think I know what you're going to have to do. Exactly. You've said this before. When you know what somebody's doing, how much yeah, easier makes, is life? Makes, so makes the job a lot easier. It's kind of one of my arguments against Dwight Freeney. And, and it's, people talk about being a great player. He's up by 30 points every game. He's just going after the quarterback. Yeah. I mean, yep. that helps him a ton. Yeah. You're not running the ball. Come on. You're down by 25 points. And he's right. had that luxury with Peyton Manning his whole career. Uh, it's just so funny how things get skewed. But, you know, the New England defense, yeah, they've lost some players. They've lost Harrison and, and what, Bruschi and, and, and Seau and, and Seymour. They're really, really bad on defense now. And it's not that far of a cry from what they had then. It was not a very good defense. They were old. Well, they were old well the thing is, you know, uh, and, and this says something about, I, I still, you know, I, I don't still, I can understand in the future why he did it, but, you know, the trading of Richard Seymour, I mean, come on. I mean, it, <laughs> you, you can tell me, I'll tell you, at least two now. of those games, they would have won because he'd have made a couple plays. You know, he, he, he's still capable of playing. You can see, when, anytime you see the Raiders, you see, he still makes plays. Oh, he can but, play. You know, whatever reason, I don't understand. Maybe he said something bad to somebody or something. I don't understand that move. <laughs> I didn't understand it either. And what bugged me is everyone reported, like, oh, I got a first-round pick out of it. 
They got a 2011 first-round pick. Yeah, you can come wait on. two years for that. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, and you got a guy here, and the thing is, they don't have anybody to replace him. I mean, you see they don't have anybody to replace him. If you had somebody to replace the guy, you got a young guy there going, oh, man, we got to get this guy on the field. I mean, he, you know, he, he, he's keeping this guy on the bench. Uh, but they didn't have anybody to replace him, and, and uh, so I, you know, I was kind of, um, I was kind of uh, shocked that they would make that move without somebody in back of them that was pushing him, and that's going to step in and be a dominant player. Because you know, Richard Seymour is a dominant player. You got to double team him a lot of times. He overpowers guys, and if you don't believe that, you know, uh, call you know, with the kid with the Eagles, King Dunlap, get him on the phone. If you don't think he can still overpower people. <laughs> Well, not only that, you put him next to Vince Wilfork, and now, like we were talking about before, it's that defensive yeah. line that sets everything up. Maybe not as much in the 3-4. Yeah. But if you have those three guys up front, I mean, Wilfork just still kills people. If you have two of those guys to worry about yeah. now. It, it, it just doesn't make any Mayo sense to me. Uh, and, and really, it's exposed some other things in their secondary and, and on their defense, you know. But, you know, I mean, how many teams can afford to have a, get rid of a guy as good as Richard Seymour? Come on, you you know, I mean, he really should be called on the carpet for that. Now you look at the defense, you know, I hear them, they're talking about it, and and that's why, you know, I'm, I'm through with the media. I, I don't, you know, this whole NFL thing, I, I think the coverage of the NFL has just gotten really bad because I'll tell you why, because you've got so many people kissing butt, and, and they've got guys that they're, they're, they're coddling and take care of and everything, and that's what the league has become. And you've got so many of those guys in the league, you know, and, and some of them are, 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 are good guys and everything, but come on. No, if a guy screws up, call him out just like you call the other guy out. Don't give him a break because he's your boy and he's a superstar. Come on. No, you know? Gee, uh, and really, if you ask me, like Peyton, all these years, come on, as great of a quarterback as Peyton has been, Peyton probably has been the greatest regular season quarterback in history. The way he's on his march, I think he could go down and be in the greatest with the greatest stats and everything. But he's been a, he's been a bad playoff quarterback. Has, and if you don't believe me, look at his stats. A bad – now, come on. He should be called out for that. You shouldn't have that level of drop-off in the playoffs, you know. And, and, but yet he gets, the, he gets the free pass. You cannot put him on a, anywhere near Tom Brady as a playoff quarterback. Can't put him anywhere near him. And that's another reason why the AFC is wide I mean, open despite their records. But I mean, think, think of it. You can't put him we'll anywhere get, near him. We'll get back to that on the other side of the break. We've got to take a break here. This is G-Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. to the pros we, we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports if you're a fantasy football lover you need to take a few minutes to listen to this commercial even if you're a novice this could be for you butts and butts along with former nfl linebacker sean barber have revolutionized the way you'll play fantasy football that's right suicide fantasy football is now available go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com for all the details you'll get the hot tips on this new game and find out how to win twenty-five thousand dollars. suicide fantasy football is just like 
like the game you know and love with a little twist. There's no draft. You select a lineup every week, and just about every starter from an NFL team is available to you. The catch is, you only use a player one time each season. Pick Brady to Moss for the first week. Save McNabb and Peterson for the stretch run. You're the GM of your own team, and you make the call. Here's your chance to show everyone that you're the smartest fantasy football player week in and week out. There's no lucky draft picks, no waiver wire moves because you're in last place. It's simple. Go to www.suicidefantasyfootball.com and sign up for a league and show everyone who's boss. So Andy Serling packed his bags, left the city, and is enjoying his temporary digs in Saratoga. But that won't stop us from bringing you Playing to Win, the best online handicapping show for serious horse players. Catch Andy and his great lineup of guests every week throughout the month of August on location from the beautiful Saratoga Racecourse. He and his guests are some of the best in the biz. They bring you new insights to making money, and they tell it like it is. I'm 3-5-1 in this race, but the three is very much the one to be. We're going to completely disagree on this race. I absolutely disagree. Spicer, especially at one to two. And it's anything but the same old horse racing show. This is a nine horse field, but really there are seven donkeys and two zebras. Playing to Win with Andy Serling, a show seriously committed to making more money at the game, but with a personality. This is a dunce cap horse for me. If this horse wins next week, I got the dunce cap on. YouBet.com's Playing to Win, presented by the Daily Racing Forum. Look for it the day before big race days, mostly Fridays. Find a complete schedule in the Daily Racing Forum or click on Playing to Win at YouBet.com. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then move on. I just just think that the coach made a mistake. Crazy. (laughs) NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. You're joined up with G Cobb in the house featuring Gary Cobb and co host Michael Warren. You want to get in on the conversation? Call in now. It's toll free 1 888 346 9144. That's 1 888 346 9144. Or send an email to Gary Cobb at AOL.com. Remember, two R's and two B's in that name. Now back to G Cobb in the house. All right, we're back here on G Cobb in the house. I'm Michael Warren along with G Cobb. And, G, I want to talk about something that's been bugging us, and we touched on over the break a little bit. And this is something that's really been irritating me lately. Uh, and we started to get into it uh, in the last segment. We're talking about Bill Belichick trades Richard Seymour, who is a now player. You know, he's, he's still a very, very good player, a little older, but you're winning now. Tom Brady's not getting any younger. Moss isn't getting any younger. <clears throat> you're winning now. But he makes the deal for a pick that's in 2011, and no one says anything. Why? Well, he's got Super Bowls. He's, oh, he won Super Bowls. And the, the, the next step that bugs me is all the people talking about, well, if we need a head coach next year, you've got Cower out there, you've got Holmgren out there, uh, you know, Brian Billick. Oh, they want Super Bowls. I mean, a lot of things go into winning a Super Bowl, and I'm not taking a, that away from them. But do you really think just because a guy won a Super Bowl, he's going to come in and do the same thing for you? I mean, well, you know that that's what they do because the guy's got the name, and you know uh, he's a, he's a, like I said, uh, the guy becomes where he they know he's a source, so they want to be stroking the guy so that they come in when he goes to that team, 
you know, they can call the guy and get some information. So, you know, that's all the game is being played. But even and, uh, you know, rather than, you know, let's analyze him. I mean, is the guy going to be able to do the job? I mean, you don't know about some of them, especially if he's put in too high of a position where he's making too many decisions. But with regards to the whole thing with Belichick, see, even if they, if, if nobody made a big deal of it when he traded Richard Seymour, okay, that's one thing. Now that the fact that their defense is getting shredded, now it's when, hey, wait a minute, the guy traded maybe their best defensive player. I mean, come on, how do you defend him? And his, his defense is getting shredded, and you trade away the best defensive player. That's like the Eagles, they get rid of Trent Cole, and now they got no pass rush. Right. <laughs> I mean, and, and you're going to tell me, oh, nobody says, hey, you know, do you remember, hey, Andy Reid traded our best defensive player away. Come on. I mean, oh, you know, all of our pass him. rush. <laughs> he traded that away for a pick in 2011. I mean, come on. Now, see, if he did that, you know, if he, if he did that, something like that in Philly, oh, he'd be, he'd be lit up big time. And, right, and rightfully so. And I think right now with Belichick, it's the worst move of the year. Come on. Who made a worse move than that? <laughs> I mean, you probably could look at, you know, uh, maybe, uh, you know, Kansas City with, uh, with the quarterback decision and stuff. You know, right now. Um, but, Castle, uh, yeah, bring yeah Cap- Mike Matt Castle with Castle. How, how he's been playing. But, <laughs> I mean, but seriously, I mean, you know, you trade away Rich, Rich Seymour, not because you had to, you chose to, and now you have no pass rush. You are getting shredded. You can't stop anybody. You know, and, and Seymour was good against the run, too. So, Sorry about that, G. I just lost my, uh, lost my phone. No, no problem. But anyway, you know, that, 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 uh, you know I, I just think that, you know, he's definitely gotten a pass on that, you know, because, you know, and, and, you know, I admit, you know, every time you say it, you go, yeah, the guy's got three Super Bowl rings because you can't take that away from him and give him. But right now, this was, come on, just like, you know, the decision to, to not to punt. I mean, come on, dude. Yeah, he gets a free pass, and I don't think that's right. And I just don't – I don't like how – you know, let's say you did bring in Brian Billick. Go get him. Yeah, can you also bring in Ray Lewis from 2002? Can you do that? I mean, come on. I mean, you know, that's and, and see, He was an offensive you know, guy. I will say this he with was, Billick. I think it to a degree that you have had people that have – they have uh, – you know, they have, they have weighed that in, meaning like he's not regarded as on the level of some of those other guys. Even though, come on. You know, the players are the ones that, that win the championship. You know, the coach helps. Yeah, the coach does his job. Come on. You've got to get great players or you don't win a championship. I don't care how, what kind of coach you are. No, and that's one of the things, too, about Keller. The Steelers were done with him. Everybody in, in Pittsburgh was ready to be done with him. He can't win it. He can't do this. Well, he finally did. And you could even say, well, he kind of ran into a Seahawks team that was really super. Super Bowl quality? I mean, you could. <laughs> if yeah. you ran into a serious team that year, or, or if yep. Big Ben doesn't catch, what was it? Uh, not Ryan Clark. Who was it? The, uh, the guy that got stabbed. The yeah, yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, Harper. Nick Harper? Yeah, if he, he didn't, yeah, you're right. It was a big play. You know, if he doesn't catch him, you know, you, you could even look at that one play, the difference between, you know, Cowher being one of the most sought after head coaching candidates yeah. in the league, yeah. and being just a guy that could never get it done. Well, you know, the thing about Cower is, you know, uh, and you've got to give the, the Steelers credit. I mean, they always have had a quality, uh, you know, uh, quality organization. Right. And they've, they've been a tough physical organization, except for, you know, this year's offensive line. Anyway, but the thing about uh, them is can you build that system somewhere else? Can you build, I mean, 
can he be able to build that somewhere else? I don't know. I don't know if he can. Well, I don't know if it works as much anymore, you know. Uh, and the whole thing is you're thinking of that, you know, Coward's going to come there and build that, build that kind of organization, but, but can he? Uh, yeah, and, and, I, and I will say this about Andy Reid. That's again. one thing about Andy Reid is that he's a systems guy and he is a organizational guy in a certain way, and he's a planning guy. And that's mm-hmm. why you know certain things you got to give the Eagles is if nothing else, they've been consistent. I mean, now they've been consistently coming just short of the Super Bowl, right. uh, but but you know they have been consistently doing it, and so that says something about his system. See, uh, Andy has a good system that he runs. And, uh, you know, you could have somebody come in here and take over from him and his system and be able to take it the next step. Uh, but I, th- I, I do like what they've done, some things personnel-wise. Because, you see, they have decided, well, we're going to get some wide receivers. And they went and, got, they went and got some quality wide receivers, you know, young guys. And they were right about them. They weren't wrong, you know. Uh, and I heard Freddie Mitchell on the radio. Oh, man, I felt like, <laughs> well, please. <laughs> old Freddie Mitchell and the Eagles. You can even argue are doing what the Steelers did. When everybody said get rid of Cowher, we're done with him. Get rid of him. No, they stuck with him, and the Eagles are sticking with Andy Reid. And who knows? You could have a similar result. You know, just just because someone hasn't done it. See, that's why I don't like when I, I don't like this can't. I hate the word Donovan can't win it. Andy can't win it. Yeah, don't I mean, tell me that. they've gotten know, too close too many times. That's right. Yeah, can't. I mean, come on. And, and the thing about uh, you know. Um, you know, I just want to throw in one Freddie Mitchell comment. Think about okay. it. Freddie Mitchell is the is the is the core of why they haven't won a Super Bowl. If he had been Reggie Wayne, they probably they probably they probably would have a Super Bowl. <laughs> Instead yeah, of that, they dropped Freddie Mitchell or Chad Johnson. Yeah, you know, either one of those guys. I mean, and there were some other guys in that draft. I mean, but they happened to get the wrong one, and 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 now you know he's he's got his bologna sandwich uh, shop down in uh, Florida. <laughs> That's true. And, Jay, we're going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, I want to thank everybody for joining us. This is G. Cobb in the house on VoiceAmericaSports.com. Everybody have a safe and happy weekend. And, G, I'll talk to you shortly. Later. Time to break the huddle. We'll be back again next Friday at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern for another edition of G. Cobb in the House with Gary Cobb and Micah Warren. Have a great weekend, and we'll see you again soon. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.